My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagner. We're back. All right, it's the holiday edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. And Richard Wagoner. And joining us this week is uh, Dave Beezing to close Thank out you. the year. How are you? It's good to be back. I don't know why you guys keep inviting me back, um, but it's good to be here. You have great information, that's why. All right, let's go over uh, the last couple columns because we weren't here last week. Uh, the December 16th column... Uh, you reported on Norm Pattis's passing, which we talked about the last time we were here. Anything new on that? Uh, nothing new, just a little more details. But uh, yeah. it's the column, I, I uh, actually didn't realize he lured Casey Kasem away from uh, from his old distributor, and then got the rights to the show back. I always wondered why it was called Casey's Top Forty for a while. I thought that was, I thought it was him having an ego, and turns out it wasn't. <laughs> Okay, and the second part of your column, tell me about this fraudulent advertising that's going on. I'm actually hoping Dave might have some information on this, too, because it happened when he was still uh, running the sound. I I don't think that he had any of his his people do the fraudulent ads, but basically, at least I think it was during that time, this was a few years ago, but basically Google released a phone, convinced iHeart stations to start advertising them in a way that was a personal endorsement, like the, the radio personalities actually used it, and they're talking about how wonderful the phone is. And it turns out they didn't use it at all. They were just making it all up. Hmm. I thought you were bringing up something else completely. Um, some other fraudulent ads. Um, <laughs> no, I had not heard that story, and uh, no firsthand knowledge. I'm useless. Okay, so maybe it was, it was. I heard it went to more than iHeart, but iHeart was the biggest one, uh, and obviously it didn't go through you at all. But it's funny they even they made these personal ads. Like, uh, let me see if I can find them. Um, uh, it's my favorite phone camera out there, especially in low light, thanks to night sight mode. I've been ta- I've been taking studio like photos of everything, and it's great at helping me get stuff done. And they never saw the phone. It might have even been recorded before some of the phones were released because it was a kind of a pre-release type <laughs> thing. And so they have all these personal endorsements, and then turns out uh, they didn't have the phone. Oh, bummer. <laughs> That's so. And, and and I feel sorry for those talent because not only do they now have egg on their face, but they didn't get a phone. You know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. they probably got paid though, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably, but I they, they probably thought they were getting a phone. But yeah. Funny about it, and I realized I shouldn't be judging this way, and I have used some of the products that have been advertised on stations like KFI, but so many of the stations with the personal endorsements, personal endorsement ads are great, but so many of them sound like, oh, this is what I'm getting paid for this week. Yeah. Especially, and I hate to pin it on him, but especially Bill Handel, and, and I don't know why I feel that way, but it just seems like everything he advertises he has to be getting a deal out of. Well, back in the, he still does a few, but back in the terrestrial radio days for Howard Stern, uh, Howard was notorious for reading the ad copy as if he had never seen it before. <laughs> and uh, and yet, I know some advertisers that really built their business on Howard Stern advertising. It, it worked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we've talked about the endorsements always seem to add a little more to the, credibility of uh of the of the product 
even though they're selling fraudulent stuff, it sounds like in some cases. But uh, in in the podcasting world, there has been research done. It it is the podcasting ads are largely at least the money is driven by host reads, as they call mm. them, those those personality uh, ads. And studies have been done to compare the effectiveness of those to other ads. And there is not as much as maybe advertisers might think, but there is more effectiveness uh, from host read or personality endorsement uh, ads. It would. I would think it yeah. would. But they even talked about that back in the old, old days of radio in the 60s, 70s. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean they have to lie about it, but I think a personal read does add interest to it. It's not just a yeah. slick produced thing that you can ignore. Here's the person actually talking about it and it's your guy. So I, I can see that totally. Yeah. It's definitely less of a tune out than a screaming car dealer. Uh, <laughs> you know. exactly. All right. This week's column uh, in, in keeping with your promise, Richard, more holiday news. And you've got yeah. two holiday specials that uh, are coming up, right? Yeah, I missed a week because you notice the week with Pattis, I actually didn't have the news in there. And I, it's because I had to have two things this week. So it, it kind of averages out to once a week. There you go. Next week might be tough. Um, anyway, this one was kind of cool. It's uh, it's from a uh, online uh, station service. The link is in the um, is in the column. But it's from a 1980s Drake Chenault program called Christmas at Our House. Apparently, it's going to be the first time on the air in 20 years. And I have to say, I don't think I ever heard about it here. I don't know if it ever ran on, probably would have run on K-Earth, I would I would guess. Yeah. Drake Chenault. Um, hosted by Sonny Melendrez, who I, I met at Magic 106. Yeah, really nice guy. So, um it should be fun. Celebrity interviews, holiday stories, very unique music, they say. Not just the standard, uh, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus with 27 different singers all day long. And uh, it should be kind of interesting. So anyway, so it'll it'll run on the stream. It's make, it's mentioned in the column, and it starts uh, at 2 o'clock on December 24th, goes till about 10, and then it has a repeat on Christmas Day from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., and you're thinking to yourselves, boy, that's a big difference. Well, it turns out the show runs about five and a half hours, and that's why. Wow. Now, the other the other program we promote every year yes. is the jazz program. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yep, that's uh, Dave Groot's project, and that is Chuck Niles and jazz and jazzy versions of your favorite songs with a special uh, reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas by Chuck himself as he reads a dramatic, it uh, does a dramatic reading of the story. And uh, I am told this year by by um, Dave that 27% of the music uh, is coming out on albums released in the last three years. And 60% of the playlist is new songs to the show. So it should be a little bit different vibe this year, even though it's the same concept. Great. Okay, then the next part of your column, Richard, uh, leads into what we're going to discuss with Dave. And you did a little comparison between the two stations that are playing all Christmas music. What what did you find, uh, it wasn't Richard? Exactly me. My my finding was always that I kind of like the sound that Go Country does, and I don't what I don't know what it is. It could just be that I'm for the underdog, and that's kind of my my style. Uh, but there is a different mix on Go Country versus Coast. I think Coast is probably more contemporary pop, whereas Go Country tends to run, uh, their contemporary songs tend to run toward the countryside, and they're doing it more than they've done in past years. So um, 
Sean Ross did a comparison of two hours, which basically had the typical Eagles, Michael Buble, Bing Crosby, uh, Johnny Mathis, Dean Martin, Amy Grant, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Go Country had uh, Darlene Love, Taylor Swift, Elvis Presley, Faith Hill, Johnny Mathis, uh, Kelly Clarkson, Matt King Cole, Tim McGraw, Martha Ah. McBride. So a lot more country than, uh, obviously, than uh, Coast did. And because of that, it's naturally new singers. I have to say, though, that in going with what Dave will probably say in the research, people do like to hear some of the old songs. And no matter what the song is, if Johnny Mathis is doing it, I tend to like it. He's one of my favorite Christmas song people. Uh, And I was joking about a a tape that I used to listen to when I was young from uh, Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. It's my favorite Christmas music that you'll never hear anywhere else but in my house. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and I I chuckled at that as well because I I wonder how many other people really want to hear Fred Waring because <laughs> the 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 tape that was running in my house growing up was just about as horrible. It was Mitch Miller and his orchestra or his his choir singing, yeah. and and I had no desire to hear that on the radio. Trust me. <laughs> anyway, uh, we brought Dave on this week since we're doing these Christmas-themed shows to find out if there's any rhyme or reason to what songs get played on these radio stations, if there's any metrics that are put together to to determine what songs get played. Any 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 insight there, Dave? Yeah, the there is there is some research about what music is most desired during the holidays. Uh, iHeart, of course, has many of the biggest Christmas music stations in their ownership, not just Coast in Los Angeles, but uh, Light FM in New York and in mm-hmm. Chicago and, and and many others. So they've got the major markets largely covered with the, the big Christmas music stations. Um, and so they have funded research across multiple markets uh, through the years to make sure they're playing the right music. Uh, it, it's not as common for uh, individual stations to do research in their home markets right. about Christmas music because they're they're fortunate if they get the budget to do these days to do uh, one music test a year or maybe two music tests a year for the entire rest of the year, all the other playlist stuff. Um, plus, Christmas music is going to do well if you play the barking dogs or, or not, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Christmas music is going to do very, very well. And the difference in revenue between let's say a seven share and a eight share or a nine share, uh, for one month is, is negligible, especially in those smaller, uh, mid-sized markets. That said, several of the research companies that do the research year-round, they find ways to do their own music testing. They'll add a few songs to some of the tests that they're doing for stations throughout the years and things like that. And uh, P1 Research, Ken Benson's company, I know, always uh, publishes a a list, and there are others. And then that gives everybody some guidance uh, as well. What happened... A couple of years ago, I guess, I'm not sure exactly when, but it definitely happened, is the memo, so to speak, figuratively speaking, and perhaps literally, went out that said, people want the classics. 
uh, over and over again, what gets voted for on the Christmas music front is Nat King Cole, Bing Crosby, Burl Ives, uh, all of that stuff that are the big, the Carpenters, those big Christmas hits. So you've got most of the playlist. You might listen to Coast, and as as Richard just ticked off some, some songs as examples, you might listen to Coast here in Los Angeles for 15, 20 minutes during the holidays. And out of a 15 or 20 minute uh, swath of, of Christmas music, holiday music, you might get one that's kind of... Um, post 1985 ish, um, you know, and that's kind of the current, uh, in the, in the bunch you you'll hear wham last Christmas or Hall and Oates version of jingle bell rock or something like that as the only song that has any contemporary flair to it whatsoever. Of course, Mariah Carey, um, with her big song, what is it? Um, all I want for Christmas is you. That's one of the biggest songs of all time. And that, that's now become a, a classic. And that was recorded uh, relative to the others in recent years. Sure. But you don't have, you know, Backstreet Boys, I believe, are out this year with a new Christmas song. Um, and there are others that try to put out new new music. Backstreet Boys did a smart thing that they're, they, they uh, I know, at Coit in San Francisco, as an example, they tried to help kick off the Christmas music season with some stations. You know, they'd, they'd show up and do events mm. and, 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 and that sort of a thing. Uh, unfortunately, right in the middle of their push for their Christmas album, their new Christmas album, came Nick Carter's um, yeah, allegations. Yeah. yeah, allegations that he uh, – was not too nice to a, uh, to say the least, to a fourteen-year-old uh, if it's true, uh, years ago. But a uh, very sad story if it's true. And in the meantime, it really tarnished their image. Um, and he's had some other allegations in years past, so it made it a, a somewhat believable, um, unfortunately, that this might be true. So that kind of killed their promotional effort. But the new stuff, I always felt as a programmer. <sighs> Why would you, for a month or less, introduce a whole bunch of unfamiliar music to your station just because there's a reference to Christmas Eve or something in there? Okay. I mean, it's like, who knows this stuff? Who cares about this stuff? Give me my Burl Ives and my my Nat King Cole. Right. And that is how people vote in the in the music tests. And do you remember the research? I think you sent it to me a while back, uh, and it might be the same one, that the reason it does so well is the memories it evokes. Yeah, uh, which is you know true of all music, right? If I hear Rock the Boat by Hughes Corporation, and I don't often, <laughs> I'm right back uh, car hopping at Mutt and Jeff's Drive-In in Fall City, Nebraska as a kid. Um, those those songs take you back. And what do you want during the holidays? Uh, you want that nostalgia, that comfort food. Uh, y- hopefully you still have mom's recipe for the green bean casserole. Um, and, and that's what you want. Well, Richard, you're going to have to uh, lobby next year with the uh, with the stations for your Fred Waring. I will not be doing any uh, Mitch Miller lobbying, but uh, no, maybe we could set up a uh, an online Christmas station that is the uh, Fred Waring Mitch Miller station. Oh God, what a nightmare! <laughs> 
Well, that's interesting. So, yeah, it makes sense that they're not going to do a lot of research on Christmas music because it only takes up a month. And when it comes right down to it, it's the nostalgia thing. It really is. Uh, it's interesting, uh, the Backstreet Boys situation, uh, how it how it tainted that promotion. Yet the Phil Spector album still is strong in those playlists. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? That's old news. <laughs> yeah, who who was the story that I heard someone relating that they had met Paul McCartney, another musician who was pretty famous in his own right. I forget who it was. It doesn't matter, I guess. But when they met Paul McCartney, uh, were gushing all over, what is it, Wonderful Christmas Time, his, right. his song, and saying, this is, and they said to him, that is my favorite post Beatles song by you. And Paul rolled his eyes and went, Oh my God. He said, that was a rush job. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but can you imagine between the sales streaming and the, the airplay compensation that he has received from that one song alone, one right. that he's not that proud of? Oh yeah. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Does does any of the airplay actually drive sales of the of the CDs or the online purchases or uh, God forbid albums if you're willing to pay thirty five dollars for a Christmas album? <laughs> Probably not, because who does that, right? It, it's all about the streaming these days. So every play on YouTube or Spotify or whatever is is uh, is money in the bank and not much, I guess, per play. But that's what they're shooting for. Interesting. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in the new Congress with the uh, efforts to get radio, AM and FM, to pay for uh, plays and have to compensate the artists, not just the composers. Yeah. It's It's been on the table for years, and broadcasters have fought it off. It's getting increasingly difficult for them to completely fight that off because uh, even though they're in a tougher competitive environment than ever and find it difficult to contemplate having to make those payments, their argument that they are that different from the streaming services is um, is is a difficult one to make, too. Well, yeah, especially now. Yeah, exactly. So we were talking about making predictions for the new year. So I'll make a prediction based on on that legislation. Going to be a lot of talk radio stations uh, popping up next year. <laughs> yeah, I think there could be. And I think there I think there will be more talk in general on FM. And and by that I mean what you're saying, but also I think there will be more stations doing what KLOS ha has done, considering adding more personality to Afternoon Drive as a first step, mm. or talking more percentage-wise if you put a stopwatch to it in Morning Drive, because it's it's difficult for them to budget for more talent. Lord knows they don't want to do that, but the handwriting is on the wall that. Uh, even FM as uh, a music stream is l losing a lot of time spent listening on the younger end. Uh, under age 35 or so, the listening for music, the time, maybe they still cum, maybe they still listen some to FM, but uh, that age group as a whole anyway, talking averages and total listening and so forth, uh, spending a, a lot of time streaming and not listening to broadcast. 
to live. Yeah, I think I think it's also seeping into us older people it as is. well because I I found I'm finding that I'm on Spotify a lot more. We were getting ready for the holidays here at the house and my wife wanted to hear some Christmas music. So I went to Spotify. I lined up all of the very special Christmas albums and there's like eight of them and let those play. And that, that was our daily dose of Christmas music. And it was so easy to put on and and no interruptions, no, you know, it just played through. So I think, I think the older folks are starting to uh, look at that a little closer as well. I got letters regarding that people, the same complaints. I'm tired of the commercial sets. I'm tired of the same repetition that, you know, I've been here. Yeah. And then, you, you know, you broadcasters have for years argued that, well, we're, we stream too. We, we have music on streaming um, <laughs> and they do. But they have those commercial interruptions, yeah. And the it's eight, not eight a good commercials. Yeah, it is not a good uh, user experience. You tend to hear two Home Depot ads in each break uh, on the stream, or, or you know, it's just not well trafficked. It's it's a huge interruption, and and then of course on the air sometimes, Dave. They, sometimes they'll even play the same ad twice on the same break. It's crazy. Like what happened to the old traffic departments? Right. And it, yeah. well, they're all out of one location now. There's nobody local at most of these companies because they've uh, fired the local traffic directors, and it's all computerized, and and nobody's really watching or listening to what actually uh, happens. And then the other factor, of course, is just uh, technology in general. That when you put on a very special Christmas albums, if a song come on that is a, a turkey in your in your opinion you're able to hit that skip button. Absolutely. Or tell Alexa to do it. Yes. Hey, speaking, I, I, there's a question I wanted to bring up back when we were talking about the comparison. Uh, Coast, as we know, always bumps up in the ratings. Um, Go Country does not. They pretty much stay about the same. Do you, is there a financial incentive to run Christmas music, even if it doesn't um, cause increased listenership like do the do the sponsors like it and they'll pay a little bit more for the rates or maybe get different advertisers or whatever or i i don't i think a lot of cities don't have two christmas music stations uh, okay. like la does or if they do the second one is very secondary uh, as is go country to to coast at christmas time so Maybe, I don't know the thinking at Go Country, but it could be that country is one of those formats that takes such an audience hit because of Christmas music um, that, um, that they would consider staying fairly even with the rest of the year to be a huge win. Right. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense, actually. Sense. That does make sense. All right. Well, happy holidays to both of you. We're going to take next week off. Richard and I made that executive decision uh, in before we went on today and uh we will be back next year hopefully dave you will join us uh occasionally on on the show for uh 2023 and we'll uh, continue this uh this experiment and i think we're going to be talking next year about more than a, about radio itself more than about ter terrestrial radio we we delved into that a little today with spotify and all of that and i think I think that's going to be more of our focus next year as well. Don't you guys agree? Yeah. And you, so you're going to change the name of the show to LA, LA Audio Waves? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. And maybe we should spell it A-U-D 
Yeah. <laughs> A-W-D-E-E-O-H. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, Richard, you get to Spotify, see if you can find some Fred Waring on there. And uh, happy holidays to both of you. We'll see you next year for another edition of Radio Waves. Radio Waves.